It's a pleasure again by the word of the Lord to come together in the authority and the name of Jesus to share joy and fellowship one with another. I welcome everyone coming in both on Mixilla and on Zoom network tonight. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Um, tonight, we have a lot of things to, to, to look at in our continuation of our study of the word. And as our people start coming in, one after the other, we'll have a great time tonight in the word of the Lord. Can we just start praying in the spirit a little bit before others join us? Let's just yield our tongues and just prepare our hearts, prepare our hearts to receive tonight. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. For he that speaks in a known tongue, the Bible says, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Unto God. Hallelujah. For no one understands him. You can speak in tongues in your heart, but eventually if you're on the road working, if you can speak, our hearts are opened, our minds are opened, our ears are opened. We come before the Lord tonight with a ready heart to receive by faith, to receive the truth of the word of God. We receive the life of the spirit, the life of the spirit, the life of the spirit, the life of the Holy Spirit, the life that brings joy, the life that turns things around, the life that brings power and miracle, the life, the life, the life, the life that transforms, that transforms, that very life of God that, that, that changes, you know, that changes, that changes people. You know, that life of God that brings clarity in the name of Jesus. We walk in it tonight in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah tonight. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Welcome tonight to Bible study. And then I, I, I know that we're going to have a great time this evening before the presence of the Lord, of the Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, this evening, we're going to be continuing where we stopped and left off in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, hallelujah, glory to God. Tell me about Ephesians chapter 4, the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We've been coming through an, an interesting read of the word of God. And like I said in our last class, um, it's more about doing the word than hearing the word. But you can't do the word without hearing the word. But hearing the word without doing the word is as good as not hearing the word at all. Because when you hear the word and not do it, you set yourself on the path of God's judgment. And that is not a good place to be. Many people, are, uh, you know, some are not privileged to hear the word. You see, when our Lord Jesus was ministering on the earth, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the children of Israel all had the word of God. But the word they had did not profit them. You see, it is, not, it is not everyone that hears the word that profits of the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. 
It is not everyone that hears the word that profits of the word. It is those that do the word that gains the profiting. And so my prayer tonight for us is to, is that we will not just be hearers, but much more doers of the word of God. So as we continue in our study this evening, um, uh, we are in Ephesians chapter 4, verse, from verse 20. And the first working word in verse 20 is that, but ye have not so learned Christ. Ye have not so learned Christ. Now remember Paul was writing this, this epistle to the church at Ephesus. Remember the background story and the context in which he was writing this. And, um, you know, it was a context of argument of who is superior and who is inferior. And they come to a place of dichotomy and a place of distraction. And because of this mindset of theirs, they couldn't focus on the real, real assignment of God. They couldn't focus on the real thing that God will have them focus on. And so God had to correct the church in Ephesus through the writing of the Apostle Paul to shift their focus that they may know what God expects of them. Hallelujah. You see, the reason people have syllabuses in school is to, is to help them know the expectation of the examiner or what the course they're about to take entails. So there's no extra curricular or, or, or extra syllabus um, distraction. So God is revealing to us through the pieces of the church at Ephesus what his, his, his expectations are for the church and what the matching order for the believer is. So Paul said in verse 20, but ye have not stolen Christ. That means they've been taught Christ in a particular way. They've been, Christ has been, has been, has been, uh, has been explained to them. And if you, if you, if you look at the scripture and go back to the book of Acts, you will see where Paul came to the church at Ephesus and explained to them the word of God. In fact, if you look at the church plantings, the two places that Apostle Paul stayed so long at is Ephesus and Corinth. He stays almost the longest at Ephesus, two and a half years, Acts 19. Acts 19. Let's turn our to Acts 19. Let's start from there tonight. Acts 19. Glory to God. If you read from verse, you know, I just want us to, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, if we read from, from verse 1, we will see that the, that the Apostle Paul came to this region to, you know, to, to preach the word of God to them. And um, when you read from verse 1 downwards, you're going to find that when he got to this, this, this city, 
You know, he asked the brethren who are there if they've received the Holy Spirit when they believed. And they said to him, they've not heard, would there be any Holy Spirit? And Paul began to exhort them by the Lord and called to himself 12 men to a school of Tyrannos and began to teach them the word of God for the space of about two and a half years. So they were well taught Christ. So Paul began to remind them that, look, you have been, you have been, you have been exposed to the word of Christ. Therefore, you must begin to live life in tandem with what you have been taught. Amen tonight. So when you read from verse 20, if we can tonight, maybe we'll just read through verse, verse, verse um, 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 20 to verse 30, 32. Let's read through first and I will come back to this, to this, to this um, 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 point tonight. It says, but ye have not so learned Christ. I'm reading tonight from the King James Version. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That he put off concerning the former conversation or lifestyle of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful laws, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that he put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your earth. Neither give place to the devil or sin in the context here. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to them that need it. Let not corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Now this is a writing to the church. What God expects among the brethren. How the brethren must relate one with another. If indeed we have been called of God. So Ephesians chapters 4 through 6 is a practical expectation of God for our interaction within ourselves and also without or outside the church. But I have this challenge that I observed in looking at these scriptures and I call it the crisis of identity. The crisis of identity. It seems to me that it's difficult for the believer to truly 
represent and, and, and show forth the true life of God. The true life of God. What do I mean by that? If you read through the epistles from Corinth or from Rome or from Romans to Corinth to, to, to Galatians to Ephesians to Philippians to Colossians, um, Thessalonians and, 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 and forth, you find that within the body of Christ, there is so much struggle with the carnal nature. With the carnal nature. There's this aspect of man or the believer that still wants to be tied to the old way of life. Remember in the Old Testament, in Numbers 11 verse 5, when they came out of Egypt, there is this tie to, you know, there's this reference to the old life. And they told Moses, Whatever the fish we eat in Egypt, the chotumba, the garlic, the, the, the pomegranate, and the, and, the, and the lettuce, and all the things we eat in Egypt, why bring us here to this desert to die? There's always the, the, you know, the propensity to the proclivity to, to the tendency to want to still do the things of old, you see, of old. While you are in the new, amen, amen. And we see Paul trying to address this and revealing to us the will of God. And, and you see that the counsel of God, as we come to Christ, is to shed off our old man. Today we find believers, you, we find it difficult to identify and point to who a Christian is. We only know people are Christians by their profession. You see, but, but we believers should transcend just profession to actual living. The profession should show forth in our lives. Hallelujah tonight. Let me, you know, show you something in Romans chapter number eight. Let's turn it to everybody. Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter 8, and I'll read just one verse in Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 29. Verse 29. Romans 8, 29. And I read from, from, the, from the King James um, 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 Bible. It says, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of the Son. So there's this plan of God for every true believer to be conformed to the image of the Son. That means we must there must be a change, a metamorphosing, you know, a, a, a transformation to, to live like Christ. Let me read from the Amplified this same scripture. Amen. So you can see the expectation of God. This is what the true Spirit of God produces in the life of the believer. You see, the believer must not remain in the realm of constant struggle between the old nature and the new. There must be a transformation. It, your, 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 your life must be evident, praise God. Let me read verse 29 in the Amplified. 
For those whom he foreknew and loved and chose beforehand, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son and ultimately share in his complete sanctification so that he will be the firstborn, the most beloved and honored among many brethren. So we see here that the plan of God is not just to save us, but to have us conform to the image, to the character, to the, to, the, to the personality and the persona of Christ. God wants all men to see Christ, but see Christ through us. Amen tonight. Hallelujah. So, so it, is, it, is not, it is not the will of God for you to continue to struggle with your old life. Something changes for a man who is born again. And God wants you to live that old life. And, and, and God will not say you live it if, if he hasn't empowered you so to do. Amen. Amen. Praise God tonight. Uh, and and as, as I go on this evening, I also want to know, you know, show you something as we, as, as we go on. There's a crisis of identity. In fact, Jesus, our Lord, had to also struggle. And if he had to come to a place of full identification with man in order for man to be saved, we also must come to a place of full identity in Christ in order for God to be glorified. I repeat that statement again. If Christ had to come to a place of full identity with man, in order for him to save man, we also must come to a place of full identity with Christ in order for God to be glorified. You see, God is not glorified when you still maintain the lifestyle of the, of the unbeliever. God is not glorified when your life is not separate. God is not glorified when you are not showing for the image of him who has called you. For indeed, if you are truly his, then you should be you should be interested in showing forth his image. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight. Matthew 26. Let's see this evening. Matthew 26. Let me show you um, the, 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 the contention of Christ. Matthew 26. I'll read just two verses then. Verses 39 and 42. We're going to tonight, Matthew 26, 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Wow. 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, Thy will be done. What was he saying here? He said, Lord, um, I, I know that until I, I conform and take the, the same nature of man, I cannot save them. But this is difficult. But Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus had to identify with us in seeing that he might through death save us. So for us to truly represent God also, we must identify with Christ in our image. So it's not a thing, of, of a thing that we can push aside. No, 
your Christian life, the things you show for, your fruit is important to, to propagate the God's kingdom and to, and, to, and to solidify your Christian work. We cannot fully believe you are a believer until your life is in tandem with Christ. Hebrews 2.14 it says, for, 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 for as long as the children have partaken in flesh and blood, he also partook of the same. Why? That true death, praise God. He might, he might, he might deliver those who have been, have been subject to the bondage of death and fear, praise God. So Christ identified with us that we, my word, identify with him. So there's this struggle with the old nature. And Paul is saying to us, no, you must not continue to struggle with it. Now you are empowered to live like him who has saved you. For if he can come and identify and, and with you, now it's your turn to identify with him in your life. Two Corinthians 5 and 1. For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. Now that he has become sin for us, we ought to become righteousness for him. If you are truly a child of God, you will, you will aim at living a life that pleases the Lord. So we cannot just live life as we want. No, we live like now as he wants. So a true Christian will understand the weight of identity and the demand to live life in the light of the new identity in Christ. There's this, there's this misconception that just coming to church is all required. No, not at all. The true life shows in our character. For he said, the prince of this world came, but found nothing in me. Therefore, he should come to you also and find nothing in you. But guess what? We are, we are making progress. We are being sanctified by the world. So as we commit ourselves daily to God, we must press him to become like him. And you know, when we talk about identity of a man, we talk about his language. How do you know where a man comes from? You know, I remember in the African setting, in those days when a child is born and a child, um, um, you know, there are certain things that tribes do, particularly in Africa, they put on them certain marks depending on where they're from. You know, I'm talking about some in, in every culture in Africa. There are particular places in the body where they mark in case the child gets lost or wants away, they can trace from where the child comes from by the mark embossed on the body of the child. How do we know? Uh, how do we identify people? By their language, by their dressing, by their food, by their skin tone, etc. Now, to identify the children of Satan, there are certain things we see in them. And when you see those things, you know whose child or whose children they are. And how do we identify 
the people of God. There are some things we see in them that tells us who they are. So it goes beyond, I am a Christian. No, it's about what fruit are you producing? So Paul is telling the church in Ephesus, hey folks, this is how we know and, 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 and this is the will of God. You must understand the way and therefore begin to break away as quick as you can from the old nature. God places a demand on us to live like him. He says, he says, for those whom he has predestined, he has also called to be conformed to the image. Folks, we are called to a conformity. We're not called to a deformity. We are called to be like. We are called to resemble. We are called to, to appear as. We are, hallelujah tonight. Praise God tonight. So there's a demand of God for a child of God to be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. A true Christian must understand the weight there's a weight of expectation of god but there's this propensity and and and, and proclivity for us to keep keep pointing at the past you know still keep remembering the past and and how we had fish and 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 and, and, and cucumber and and had garlic and, and drank beer you know and and and, and, and womanized and, and fornicated and lied and stole and did things in the old life no now that we are born again we are commanded to leave those things for those things are the identity of the children of Satan. So say amen tonight if you're following me. Say amen tonight. Hallelujah. So God is saying to you, child, these are my expectations. Now, tell me about Bible Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Let's read because it says, you have not so learned Christ. That means this is the teaching of who? Of who? Of Christ. This is the expectation of Christ. Christ expects us to live like this. Now go on to verse, to verse 21. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus, that ye, now see what, ye do what? Ye put off in this you can be in Christ and still be wearing the old nature. And anyone that keeps wearing the old nature is treading on dangerous grounds. I repeat, anyone who still, you know, who still live like he used to live and nothing has changed is treading on a dangerous ground. Anyone who has encountered Christ begins to love him. And if you love him, you will keep his word, his commands. Living righteous will be, will, be, will be paramount to you. You will not live a compromised life. You will not live a careless life. You will live a life to please him that loved you and him that you love. It says, it says, it says put off the format lifestyle. The old man, which is what corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed, be renewed, amen. Be renewed. So there's a there's a room for renewal, there's a room for change, there's a room for renewal, amen. Tonight, before I go on, let me show you a few things that Paul told Timothy. 
In First Timothy chapter four, First Timothy four, Hallelujah. We read verse twelve and thirteen. Twelve and thirteen of First Timothy four. This is the expectation of the believer. This is the the the, the mandate of the church. I read verse twelve. Say, Oh Timothy, Oh Church, Oh Child of God. He says, Let no man despise than youth. But be thou an example. Now, can you be an example in secret? No. You are supposed to be an example. You are supposed to show forth something. If fully Christ dwells in you, something must happen to your life. There must be a drawing more to God than more to lost. There was a change in perspective, a change in attitude, a change to God, a change to service, a change towards righteousness. There must just be a change. You know, I, I, I share with you sometimes, you know, my testimony while I was growing up, you know, because of the Lord Jesus, you know, it is, it is, it is a normal thing for people in our world to go to exam halls and cheat. You know, and, and act as machineries in those days. You know, all this fraud they do in Waik and in Jam. In my time, everyone in my in my in my time, you know, you know, will will we'll do that. Especially if you if, if you are good in certain subjects in your class, you know. Now, for someone like me, I was good in certain subjects, and people came to consult me. No, not 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 directly now through proxies. If I can sit for that exams, I said no. I, of course, I cannot do that because it's unrighteous. Praise God tonight. We must be different. Something must show. I know. I went for an exam sometime in 1995 for, for, for you know, you know, and I went to the exam hall and I sat and for my for myself and I was writing the exam. And then and then and then and then some folks began to ask me a question in the exam. I said, Well, I can't talk because 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 the Bible says it's wrong. And then I wasn't as mature as this in the faith. But after the exam, they came to ask me, what church do you attend? I said, no, it's not a matter of church. It's a matter of the Christian life. He that has Christ is a new creation. All things are passed. Behold, all things have become new. My identity, my way of life, my way of dressing, my way of talking will have changed. My way of behavior with money and finances and obligations and service will have changed to represent that of Christ, which is God's. All my mates were having girlfriends and boyfriends. It was in vogue. But no, I said, no, I, 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 I can't do that because now my life has changed. I cannot have a girlfriend. Now, girlfriend in those days is not girlfriend. No, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's, not, it's, it's a normal thing. No, it's just, it's just someone that you, you go out with, you know, to, to, to satisfy your, 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 your curiosity, which leads to sin and loss. 99% of the times. At this time of your life, 
You are not dragged away by the principles of the world. You are dragged along. You are carried along by the principles of Christ. So say amen to us. You're following me. He says, let no man despise your youth, but be thou an example of the believer, of, of the believer. See what it says. In what? First and foremost, in word, in word, in conversation, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Wow, I love that. And he said to, the, to, to them as a youth, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, and to teach him. So what do you do? You give attendance to what? To reading, to exhortation, and teaching. As a child of God, these are your priorities. You find things that will teach you about God. You live like God. You make it come in your heart. Lord, I will serve you all my day. You know, I told you of my story while I was growing up and some the scripture. You know, I, I, as a young man in, in, in those days, I would call a friend of mine. We'll pray together and we'll hold hands and pray in tongues and we'll enter buses. We'll preach it in bus as young teenagers. We'll preach. I'm not that I was a teenager. I was, I, was, I was in my 20s. We'll preach in the buses in, 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 in Ibadan because we love the Lord, folks. Whoever you love, you will give your attention to, you give your funds to. If truly you love Christ, it will show in how you relate with him, in what you give to him. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Paul said, 24, and that ye, be, ye put on the new man, which after God is what is created in righteousness and true holiness. The church is called to be holy. There's something about Christians, and one of the things you'll find out is that they strive for holiness. They, they love to be holy. They love what is holiness? Being pure and being clean by the word. You do everything in your power to remain clean, to remain pure, to remain untainted, to remain blameless before God. You put on the new man. Say, I'll put on the new man, which is after God, created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, if there's true holiness, it means there's false holiness. What is false holiness? The holiness that you show in church that you are not. And guess what? You are deceiving yourself. You are heaping upon yourself wrath upon wrath on the day of wrath. Don't deceive yourself. Open up yourself to God. Say, Lord, help me to live holy like I should. I put on the true righteousness of God. Believers are called to be holy. Wherefore, putting away, you see that now? That means it's not for you and I to lie. And for you not to lie, you must refrain and reduce the kind of things you say. Because in much talking is much lying. In much speech is much sin. How do we know a man who is holy? He refrains from what? From lying. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man. That means there was lying in this church. But God doesn't approve of a lying church or a lying believer. He wants you to be truthful. Speak the truth. 
26, be ye angry, but sin not. That means that times you can be angry. But guess what? Always be ready to forgive easily. Don't let your anger go beyond certain threshold as a child of God. Praise God tonight. He said, be angry, but sin not. Let not the sun go down upon you. That means, that means, that means, that means, go to bed every night holding nobody to heart. Go to bed every night holding no offense in your heart against anyone. Be a true child of God that lives in true holiness. Live holy. Tonight I challenge you under God to live holy. Make a pledge and a commitment to God the Lord, I will live holy because this is how Christ is teaching you. Don't give place to Satan. Don't give place to sin. 28. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, the things which is good. That means we must work. If the believer will work, which he should work, he must work that which is good. That means your work must not be a bad work. Or a work that brings pain to others. Or a work that defraud others. Not all work is good work or true work. But you must work that which is good. So you must ask yourself, what kind of work is this? Is it bringing blessing or cursing to others? Is it bringing people joy or pain? Let him work that which is good with his hands that he may have to give to him that needed. 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Wow, this is great and strong. Let no corrupt, let no corrupt communication. This is instruction. These are the expectations. This is a life. This is how a believer should live. Let no corrupt communication. But I guarantee you that if you partner with people that are corrupt, you will speak like them. If you, are, if you are comfortable among unbelievers, I guarantee you folks, you will speak like them. Therefore, don't be equally yoked with unbelievers. It is not that you are proud. It's because you are changed. You are a new creation. You are a new man. Be, be, be bold about your new creation because they are bold about their own old creation. Don't compromise your faith. You must identify with them because in our world today, there's a crisis of identity. But God has called us to live like him, not like the world. Glory to God tonight. Let no corrupt communication. Let me read that from the, from the Amplified. Ephesians 4 and verse, and verse 29. Ephesians 4 and verse 29. He says here, do not let unwholesome now. Foul, profane, worthless, and vulgar. Don't let vulgar words praise God. That means you must you must weigh your words. You must speak them with 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 with, with, with the mindset of the Holy Ghost dwelling in you. No believers use F word or N word. 
or whatever word is not glorifying God. But the way to live like this is not to keep company with unbelievers. In fact, if I may shock you, Paul admonished in 1 Corinthians 5, he says, I've told you before that don't keep company with fornicators. But I say now that any brother who continues to sin uncontrollably, I say to you, don't even eat with the person. So if there's a Christian who continues to pressure you to sin, who leads you to sin, and is a believer, run away from the person. Amen. Tonight, Paul said, I have told you, 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 11, I wrote unto you in man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one no not even to eat so tonight so there's there's a concern for the christian to live true holy lives if truly the spirit of God dwells in you, you will, you, you will live true holiness. Let's run tonight. It says, it says, it says, it says, but, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that means your word must edify, your word must bless, that it may minister grace to the hearers. That means everyone that hears you must be blessed by the things you say. Your words must be gracious. Your word will be full of, of empathy, of, of, of the word of God. So let your word be seasoned with salt, full of grace. Wow. It means this Christian work is no joke. It's a life of total separation. Tonight you can ask the Lord for help. The Lord, please help me that I'm going to be a hypocrite. Who is a hypocrite? Someone who, who shows outside to be what he is not. And God judges hypocrites. But today I pray that you receive the strength of God to live right. Let's go on this evening. And verse 30, it says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Wow. Grieve not the, that means the Holy Ghost can be grieved. And how is it grieved? When we live like unbelievers. Wow. Grieve not because he lives in you. You can hide that a girl can do. The Lord Himself is grieved. And you can grieve Him. You can quench Him. You can mute Him. 
by your lifestyle of sin. Today, make up your mind to live to the full expectations of God. Let me read verse, 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 verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking and evil speaking and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. Wow. You see this tonight? I'm going to show us tonight a few more scriptures. And if you can come to chapter 5, we would. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Tom will be there tonight if you can. 1 Corinthians 6. I read from verse 9. From verse 9. It says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators. What's fornication? When an unmarried young man have carnal, have sex with an unmarried girl, you are a fornicator. And God hates fornicator. He says every sin a man commits is outside the body. But, but, but fornication and adultery is a sin you commit against your body. And your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. One way Satan is destroying youths and men today is by the sin of fornication. Break away from any man or any woman. They are lost you to fornication. And become accountable child of God. For fornication will destroy your destiny and your confidence in God. See, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Be not deceived. No one can excuse this. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now hear this. And such were some of you. That's the old man. But now you've been washed. Now you've been sanctified. You've been purified. Touch not the unclean thing. Touch not the filthy thing. Touch not the defiled thing. And the Lord will receive you. The conformity to the nature of Christ is what brings us to true holiness. God demands the believer to walk in true holiness. Not lying. Not stealing. Not fornicating. Hallelujah. Wow. This is serious, folks. This is what grieves the heart of God. This is what grieves the heart of the Spirit. This is what grieves Him because He dwells in us. 
Don't make excuse for sin. For sin is dangerous. Sin puts you in the in the in the in the in, in the pathway of 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 Satan to harm you. First Corinthians five, from verse nine, and I will close with this as God helps me. You know, it's easy for you to make excuse for sin. Because no man sees it, but Satan sees it. And he acts immediately. A man sin. God forgives sins, but he punishes the offense. When you know that an act is sinful. There's a case of David and Bathsheba. He killed Uriah and married his wife. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. This is the king of Israel. And God judged him, even though he repented. Tonight, some of us will have to go on our knees and ask God for forgiveness. I'll read to us tonight two scriptures as I close. Paul says, you have not so learned Christ. So I'm showing you for the teaching of Christ and the gospel. First Corinthians 5. I read from verse 9. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world. That means I'm telling you, not to keep company with fornicators, even, even if there are people in the church. Verse 11. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator. Oh, tonight I'm praying that you will not be the brother or be the sister that will be a fornicator. God loves you. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't continue in it. If you are in a courtship or your relationship that, that always brings you to fornication, break that, break that courtship. Severe it for the sake of your eternal kingdom. You have friends that, that, that all they do for you is to make you sin against God. Break the friendship for it's better for you to go to heaven with one eye than go to hell with both eyes intact. Tonight I'm begging you. I'm challenging you by God's mercy to present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is what makes us church. We are the new creation. We are the body of Christ. Listen. We are the body of Christ. We cannot give our bodies as members to our Lord and to sin. Hallelujah. But now I will unto you not to keep company. If any man that's called a brother or a sister be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater 
or a railer that means a fighter, someone who argues a lot, someone who shouts, someone who, who, who's never at peace, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. With such a believer, with such a, Christ, a Christian so-called, no, not even to eat. For we can judge the church, but we leave the world for Christ to judge them. Now, this is a question as we close. May I not be the believer that God will command other Christians to refrain from because of my continuous penchant for sin. You can never run from the Holy Spirit. He sees you in that sin. Break away. Put on the new man. Put on the new man. Leave the old man. Let your identity in Christ be that which brings glory to God. Let me give us one more scripture up before I close. Zechariah chapter 3. I read from verse 1. This is a believer. And he showed me Joshua the high priest. Zechariah 3 verse 1. Standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan. And Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Folks, every time you commit sin, God is watching. Satan is also watching. Amen. Sin grieves the heart of God. But sin brings pleasure to Satan and his demons. Verse 2. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of fire? Verse 3. Now hear the word. Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. He was wearing a filthy garment. A garment of sin. There's true holiness. Let's walk in holiness, folks. Quit lying. Stop speaking vain words. Let not vain, let not evil communication proceed from your mouth. Let not word that doesn't edify come from your mouth. That means refrain from people that don't fear God. You see, for when you fight with people that don't fear God, you will speak like them. You will dress like them. You will act like them. You will do like them. But God says, come out from among them and be separate. You are called to a life separated, but a life full of glory. This is Paul's admonition of the church in Ephesus. Though they are God's children, but they have a long way to go. And Paul is admonishing them, exhorting them to stand out in their lives. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, love your, love your husbands and submit to them. Children, obey your parents. Employee, do your work well. Employer, oh, be a blessing. Don't be an angry man. Don't be a thief. Represent Christ. For you are a child of God. And your identity is Christ.
Don't be ashamed of Jesus. Be bold about him. For in him is true life indeed. And him is life eternal. So I close tonight. We are fasting this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We meet every evening for prayers, 6 p.m. You can fast from morning till 3 p.m. if you can, to 6, go ahead. And if you are working and, and you need to take fluid to, to be able to do your work well, please go ahead. But refrain from food, at least if you can, till 3 p.m. And if you have the strength, till 6 p.m. And God will send us in prayer. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you again this evening for your word. Lord, I kneel down before you tonight, oh God, and say, Lord, help us. I'm a lead in true holiness and righteousness before you. Lord, help us to recognize and, and know that we are your body. We can't, we can't run from you. We are, we, are, we, are, we are ingrained in you. Therefore, everything we do, Lord, is before you. Let us know, Lord, that we cannot hide from you. Lord, 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 give us the strength to break away from sin, from the old nature, that we hold on and cleave to the new life we have in Christ. And Lord, live like you, Lord. Lord, 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 allow no man to despise our faith. But Lord, we stand as examples in all things. Lord, help us live separate lives and help us show forth. Lord, help us keep quiet. We want to keep quiet. Help us speak. We want to speak, Lord. Reveal yourself through us and show your glory, Lord, through the church. Thank you, Lord, for this eternal hope we have in Christ Jesus that, 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 that after this life, Lord, we will rejoice with you forever. Help us hold on to this truth. And serve you all our day. Lord, if there be anyone here tonight, Lord, struggling with sin, Lord, as a result of friends or associations, Lord, or groupings, Lord, I pray for strength and grace for them to break every such unions in the name of Jesus. Now, my serve you, Lord, with, 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 with purity and holiness in our hearts. I may rejoice with you forever. Make us examples of the Christians indeed. In our schools, in our workplaces, in our families, on our streets, in our homes, where we'll find ourselves. Be glorified, O oh Lord. Open with thanksgiving tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, this is how Christ will have us live. This is how we are taught of him. To be doers, not hear us only. So live like a Christian like, that you are. Proclaim it. Let it show in your character. Let it show in your speech. Let it show in your dressing. Let it show in your life. Let it show in your love for God. Let it show in your preaching. Let it show in your let it show in your business. Hallelujah tonight. The Lord bless you all as we yield to him by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to see you again on Thursday for the grace of God as we continue in the teaching of the book of Ephesians. Good night, folks.
God bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen.